this is episode 391 for September 2015. And if you're a fan of this podcast and our website, I'd appreciate your support. Log on to our front page at spidermancrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the right-hand side that says support this site via PayPal. And you can do what Craig, Justin, and Sean did. They uh, donated essentially the cover price of a comic book. And that every little bit helps to help us pay the bandwidth costs that it takes to support 391 MP3s up on our server. All right, gang, on with the show. Hey, Crawlspacers, time for Spider History. JR, we're going to the 90s. Yeah. September 1996. Tough time in Spider History, huh? Tough time in the comics industry, period. Exactly. Uh, we're going to start with, uh, you want to start Amazing? Or you want to Might as well. Okay. Amazing uh, Spider-Man Volume 1, back when there was only one. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 415 came out, written by our friend Tom DeFalco. Uh, pencils by Mark Bagley. This story is called Part 1 of Onslaught. Oh, God, Onslaught. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've got Ben Riley in the suit, it looks like. Yes, we do. Yes, this is Onslaught or another goddamn company-wide crossover. <laughs> All right. Spidey's got a fighting a sentinel on the cover. <sighs> yeah. Remember, Spider fans, Onslaught was yet another reason the clone saga couldn't end at a reasonable time. Because Bob Harris said, oh, no, you can't end the clone saga the same time as Onslaught because that will create a temporal paradox. <coughs> and the world, as we know, will be consumed in hellfire. So we've got to stretch the clone saga out even more. So, you know. Little did we know, in 2015, we'd have a different kind of Onslaught <laughs> writing the book. Oh, that went over like a turd in church. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Or fart in church, not a turd in church. There, there's no there's no turds in church. There's a fart in church. I apologize. I'm so sorry, Jr. I'm so sorry. That just derailed your whole damn thing, didn't I? Well, so yeah. Sorry. Whenever you you know, see, and you did this the last podcast too. You started talking about farting, and things just kind of you know. Things just kind of went off the rail. It's like, what is it with you and flatulence? Like you know, a turd in church. <laughs> like a church turd. No, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, God. I mean, you know, you, know, you, enjoy, you, know, you enjoy talking about fecal matter more than Ed Norton, I swear. You know? Oh, my Lord. And that was his job. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. How do you follow that? <laughs> anyway, Peter and Mary Jane are back in New York. Now, I would say, because remember, Peter went to Portland to star in his own miniseries, uh, because that was, he, he and Mary Jane were going to get a happy ending, you know, but... Uh, but, you know, this is the Clone Saga. And, of course, the Clone Saga was being, the, the whole Ben Riley's a real Spider-Man was in the process of being undone. So Peter and Mary Jane come back to New York. Now, I would say that Mary Jane is pregnant, but she can't be because the deal with Mephisto 
and one more day said that she and Peter were never married. And since they were never married, uh, you know, according to kept conceived, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, they never had sex, according to Joe Casada. Because, well, yeah, but you know what, Jr. that'll be retconned again anyway. So, because, oh, yeah, well, you know, according, according to Casada, only married people apparently have sex in his worldview, which is actually a big ass laugh, because in real life, it's married people who don't have sex. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I don't know what world Casada lives in, but it's it's not the world apparently the rest of us live in. You know, where where, where marriage where marriage is the happy ending and there's no more conflict, and you know, because you weren't married, you didn't have sex, and I don't know. Anyway, wow, well, this is a very special spider history. <laughs> we're five minutes in, and we're church turds, <laughs> church turds, and marriage and sex, wow, and unmarried. Bo- Oh, my. All right. Well, anyway, also another subplot here is that, you know, Peter's powers, you know, because remember at the end of uh, that miniseries, the final something or other, you know, in Portland, uh, you know, where he faced some kind of spider thingy from his own DNA. And anyway, he wound up masking his own powers. He got rid of his powers. Well, now his powers are starting to come back. So, but but they're not consistent. They're cutting in and out on him. So, you know, I would say they were cutting in and out, kept cutting in and out on him like a bad fart. But we've already been through that. <laughs> anyway, so they're taking a cab into the city, you know. And then there's this big ass, as if there's any other kind, big ass sentinel standing in the way, and he's saying the city's under martial law, you know, by order of onslaught. Now, see, here's the thing: yeah. unless you're reading all that other X Men shit, you don't know what the hell onslaught is. And you weren't reading that X Men shit, were no, you? No, no. I mean, it's like, what what the hell's going on in this story? You know, who's You're onslaught? Like, first, my Spidey comic. Yeah. Well, what, what, what's onslaught doing? You know, yeah. I mean, who is it? What is? What's the whole point of this? Well, you, of course, you never know. You know, because Marvel, he's Marvel wants yeah. to read all their other shit. I read their other shit. It's a blend of Magneto and Xavier, and the bad parts of them. Uh, you never knew that, Jr. Does like Zorn fit, fit in this somehow as well? Free <laughs> Zorn. Yeah, pre-Zorn. Yeah, anyway. So the Sentinel says, you know, okay, you know, all mutants and uh, enhanced humans have to surrender or get snuffed out. Um, well, because, you know, Peter obviously registers as an enhanced human, the Sentinel tries to zap him. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're able to get away. Uh, at that time, there's another Sentinel that attacks the Daily Bugle. Then we shift to the Daily Grind, where, you know, now we find, you know, spot where it's Ben Riley, because this is really his title, because this is the amazing, this is the amazing Spider-Ben era. Uh, ben, hus- ben is hustling the owners of patrons to, of owners and patrons. See, I'm trying to talk real fast because I don't want to get one, little Brad's little notices here, you know, like <laughs> one minute, two minutes. No, one, no, no. You're at four this minutes. Is- Let's start going there quicker. No, 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 no. This is Spider History with Jr. You have time, and then, son. And then he calls. Then he calls George a, a unit of uh, you know computer storage space. He says one minute GB. You know, like he's a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah gigabyte. <laughs> so anyway, um, sorry. So, okay, so Ben Riley is hustling everybody to safety, and. You know, then he sneaks out to change to Spider-Man because he's the real Spider-Man. And we know this because we get the ever-present narration that we get in every single Clone Saga issue. Is that, 
He thought he was a clone for five years. He wandered the earth with David Carradine, looking for the one-armed man, and writing wrongs and praying that the next leap was the leap home. But then he realized he was a real Spider-Man, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you just combined Quantum Leap and Kung Fu. God bless you, sir. That's masterful. I'm impressed. That was awesome. That was nice. That was nice. Back to Peter and Mary Jane, the Sentinels after Peter, and therefore he leaves. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of Peter does a Sentinel want? Anyway. A pickled Peter. Oh, my God. Basically, he leaves Mary Jane because he's trying to divert the Sentinel's attention, get the Sentinel to follow him. But the thing is, the Sentinel is reading scanning everything, and he notices the secondary life form gestating within Mary Jane has readings on the range of embryonic normality. But, oh. but wait a minute, wait a minute, that scene, pregnant, that, right? that scene didn't happen either, because Mary Jane's not pregnant, because they didn't get married, and since they weren't married, they never had sex. Everything so happened happen. except they weren't married. That's right, they weren't married, that's right, they were just in a committed relationship. So and she got rocked up. Oh, I mean, I'm confused now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Anyway, as Peter tries to escape, his power's cut out again, which actually saves his life because the Sentinel no longer identifies him as an enhanced human. Okay, yeah. the Sentinel attacking the Daily Bugle is taken out by Phil Yurick, the Green Goblin, who is you know who was a, supposedly was a hero at this time before he became a runaway or something, and then went crazy, and then became the Hobgoblin, and then became the Goblin Knight, and then became the Goblin King, you know, and just you know <laughs> just, just absolute mess. I Peter am the Mary- Goblin King! Hurrah! Hurrah for the Goblin King! No pirates of Panzans, nobody. Okay, I'll shut up. I'll be the unpopular dick over here in the corner. <laughs> like a great movie title, The Unpopular Dick in the Corner. Coming to a theater near yeah, you. Is that anything like Duff? You know, like, see, Dick in Corner. D- that was, I see. There we go, Dick. That was, that, that was an unproduced Peter Sellers movie. <laughs> Unpopular Dick in the Corner, starring Peter Sellers. <laughs> this is so off the rails, it's not even funny. <laughs> go, JR. Uh, Peter and Mary Jane. What happened to Zach? He's passed out. <laughs> He really did leave. He's the unpopular dick in the corner. I mean, he really did leave, and you guys were giving me all that shit about you know uh, you're confusing McNulty and and uh, Zach just because everybody everybody else in the fucking universe confuses the two of them. He's sitting there at the computer desk, and his head is on his little hands. He's fast asleep, but his headset is still on, and he hears you talking about clones. He's having a bad dream. Now is your chance to whisper in Zach's ear and just mess with him. Go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> anyway, Peter and Mary Jane make it to the bugle, and Ben Riley takes down a sentinel and says, All right, metalheads, I took down one of you. Now I'm coming back to kick all your asses to be continued. All right. Boys and girls, was there an actual story there? Because I didn't see one. I didn't either. And it's written by Tom DeFalco and Mark Bagley, two of my favorites. Yeah, but they, they're still saddled with an, you know, with a... Beloved crossover, so that's a mess. That's an absolute mess. Well, the whole yeah. thing was uh, onslaught. Onslaught was was a terrible, terrible storyline that led to horrible, god awful things. Mm. Where should we go now, Jr. Well, Spec. We have to go to adjective adjectiveless Spider-Man okay. number seventy-two. Who? But I was going to say, I 
can't pronounce adjectiveless. God knows what I'll do with Themyscira or whatever. So, <laughs> written by uh, Howard Mackey, pencils by John Romita Jr. This one's called Ben versus the Sentinel. No, it's not. It's a, that's a summary from SpiderFan.org. It's just part two of Onslaught. And it's this month's must-read comic. Does it say that? Yeah, it does. Right on the cover. This month's must-read comic. And that's, that's a, a good-looking cover by JRJR. Yeah, but JR, JR, J, this JR didn't buy it for the cover. So and okay. <laughs> anyway, the story. Go ahead. The story. Okay, so anyway, the story opens with Peter Parker. Now, see, uh, uh, he dropped Mary Jane off at the Daily Bugle, and then he left again under the auspices of, "Oh, I'm going to take <laughs> pictures." Um, but you know, he really wanted to get away from Mary Jane and the baby. If his powers kick in again, the Sentinels scan him or whatever so anyway the sentinels right now just completely overrun the city you know they're just kind of you know they're like godzilla in tokyo you know they're just all over the place um but then his, his spider sense starts buzzing and he sees spider ben hanging out with a couple of sentinel, sentinels and then peter proceeds no wait a minute, wait a minute. Ooh, ooh, okay uh, uh, oh, no, okay, yeah, Peter is telling the story about how, oh, by the way, mm -hmm. I thought I was the real Spider-Man for five years. And then Ben came back after roaming the earth with David Carradine, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized that I was just a clone <laughs> of him, blah, 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 blah. So, yes, every issue we get this, which is which, uh. is which is one of the things that it's like, why didn't Marvel realize this when they made Ben Riley Spider-Man? It's like every issue they have to explain why Peter Parker is not Spider-Man. Uh, maybe they're assuming that every issue is someone's first, and they have to. So, did you hate oh, this no. as much as the Secret Wars, or are you just a complete prick? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there, there, actually, there are two entirely. They're 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 mutually exclusive. They're mutually exclusive, George. I can hate, hate Secret Wars, Wars so I but I can know if I you're can, consistent or if you're just an asshole. I can be a complete prick without any reference to Secret Wars. Ask my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so every you know every issue we have to get the story you know because Marvel didn't think things through. Um, so Peter says, "Oh man, I got to help Ben somehow, uh, even though my powers are unreliable at this point. He's the closest thing to a brother I've ever had." Which is one of the good things that did come out of this part of the Clone Saga was that when written well. Yeah. The Parker brothers were the Parker brothers, uh, and, and they had really good. Not to be confused with the game game company. He was Parker a brothers. genetic clone. He wasn't even really a real person. Well, brothers share genetics. Oh my God! He, he was grown <laughs> in a test tube. He wasn't even. One was well, you know, grown he in a really must have hated Pinocchio, you know, when he was a kid. Or, you know, he's like, he's a puppet. He's not real. He's a puppet. And then a fairy changes him, you know. How real can you be when a blue fairy... Well, you know what, JR? Maybe it's too bad Ben Riley didn't have him some kind of blue fairy to come and turn him into a real boy. Because, no, instead he turned into a bag of powdered sugar that blew away in the goddamn wind. <laughs> I dropped the mic. Boom, right there. <laughs> Elk off the effing stage. Double guns oh, for everybody. Here's my finger. And Riley, the powdered sugar years. <laughs> Not the lost years, the powdered sugar well, years. I don't, know. I don't know where to go from there. Uh, <laughs> powdered freaking sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Sp a Sentinel has uh, Spider-Man uh, in a vice grip. 
This is Spider Ben, actually. Sentinel has Spider Ben in a vice grip, but Peter distracts the Sentinel. Spider Ben is able to escape, get them both out of there, but then they fall into a smokestack. And then, then of course, they have to talk about smokestacks. Oh, yeah, I remember being in a smokestack, you know. Hey, yeah, didn't you throw my ass down here about five years ago, Peter? (laughs) You know? And Peter says, well, I thought you was dead. You know? So. Thanks for not burying me properly, friend. Well, no, actually, he want, Peter, Peter wants to be cremated, and that's why he threw him down a smokestack, because he figured out, since he was oh, his clone, true? that would no be shit. Yeah. Really? In issue, issue number one. I don't remember that, for real. Issue number 151. Let me I remember take him the, dumping him down into the yeah. smokestack, let, but let I don't me, remember, let, I don't okay, remember let that. Let me do the thing. Okay, now we're back in the 1970s. Issue 151. So gas is like 25 cents a gallon? <laughs> and, it, uh, and he throws him in the smoke and says, "Brother, since it's my last wish to be cremated, I'm guessing it's yours too." I don't remember. I, that. I, I don't remember that either. That's very good. And that's why this is called Spider History, boys and girls. And that's why every month you come up, you line up for another lesson from the master. <laughs> Love it. How much was powdered sugar back in the seventies? He's so modest. <laughs> he's so modest, folks. He's a modest bastard. <laughs> well, I was I was designated Spider Yoda, and I didn't come up with that by myself. By the way, even the people in the UK bow down to your brilliance. <laughs> uh, That's right. Uh, he is the Spider Yoda. And, and, you know, he's also so, a colossal prick, but he's the Spider Yoda. <laughs> George, don't you remember who the first person to call me that was? That was me. Exactly. <laughs> that was me, and that wasn't even that, that crawl space. That was at Hero Realm. Yeah, yeah. And I forget. I forget who said some. I don't know. I don't forget. It was it was either there or the maybe it was the crawl space when somebody wrote in the message board or whatever that uh, he's no spider Yoda. Yeah, so. I pushed off on somebody. I forgot who that was, but I did. I, I came out of the corners like like Wolverine. You know, that just been kicked in the nuts. Yeah. But that was before I became a god. You realized I was a goddamn monster and figured I deserved it. So yeah, that was before I realized that everything that this guy said was probably accurate. <laughs> oh, my heavens. Okay, what have we got here? Anyway, so anyway. They like get, a father they, to me. Yeah, they get out. They get out of the smokestacks. Say they get out of the smokestack safely. Unlike the third clone body, which was thrown down there and which was thrown down there just to confuse everybody. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Peter now, technically, wouldn't the wouldn't the third clone body be the third clone body be Ben? Because since Kane was before Ben. You know, I, I was trying to think of how in the world I was going to summarize that, you know, mention that again without going completely off tangent. But that was a case where, like, if you read Life of Riley, I think that was like Kurt Busiek's idea, but he had no idea who it was supposed to be. It was just, hey, why don't we throw, have, do a third body or something or a, another, you know, and they never knew at the beginning who it was, you know, or what it was. I mean, it was just another idea thrown out there uh, without any kind of uh, – you know, resolution. And then, you know, it turned out to be, uh, you know, something Norman threw down there just to confuse the hell out of everybody. More more importantly, if Kane dies, does he turn into powdered sugar? You know, Kane was cured by, remember when he fell into the, the goop during Spider, Spider, no, wait a minute, I'm getting Spider, spider Island? Island? Now I try to block as much of that crap as I, out of my yeah, mind as possible. Because, <laughs> because remember, at the end of the Grim Hunt, um, or was that the Grim Reaper? Or was that the final hunt? What the hell no, was it? Was hunt. Okay. It was hunt. Okay, the Grim Hunt. You know, Cain appeared to get killed, but uh, but it turned out that he rose from the grave as Tarantula. Right, but he got then, better. 
Yeah, but then Dan Slott, you know, uh, in in Spider Island, had him fall into a bunch of goop, and the goop not only changed him back to human, but also removed all of his scars and everything. So anyway, so that's that's yeah. I think so I Kane will not of, turn into powder. I think I blocked that out of my head as like a like a you know automatic defense. But then Kane in Spider Verse, Kane turned into a giant spider and got killed. So yeah. I don't know where the hell we are with that. He got better though, didn't he? He always not gets yet. better. Oh, is he better now? Well, I thought didn't he have a hand come up or something? Yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah, something. I don't think Kane's dead. No, yeah. nah. All right, we we done with seventy two. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. Anyway, sorry, sorry. because it, it, uh, see, uh, Ben and Peter they each grab a web shooter, okay, <laughs> you know, and uh, they split up. Uh, and, you know, Ben tells Peter to go back to Mary Jane, but Peter's not going to leave Ben behind because now he realizes that Ben is the closest thing to a brother he's ever had because they share the same genetic code, which George says is bullshit. And between the two of them, they take <laughs> down a couple of Sentinels and decide to head for the final battle between, battle with Onslaught because they're hearing that the Fantastic Four <laughs> and the Avengers are there. Okay. And that's the end. So, and this is the only two issues, I believe, that deal with Onslaught. So through these yes. two issues, you have absolutely no idea what the hell is going on. No <laughs> idea whatsoever. And then you find out that, of course, you know, you have to read the conclusion, and then you find out that theoretically uh, the FF and the Avengers got killed uh, taking down Onslaught, but really they didn't get killed. What they were done was they were thrown into the Heroes Reborn universe, which was really Marvel licensing those characters to the image guys who drew Captain America with boobs. Okay? <laughs> this is accurate. That's a- oh, that's back. Whoa. Hey. Where you been? Um, I was dealing with stuff. So, okay. Does that mean masturbating? Whoa! Whoa! Jesus. That escalated quickly. <laughs> well, I don't know. My guess was if he had the kids swinging in a swing, he probably was changing the kids' diapers or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just you right. missed. You missed a lot of uh, really intelligent, uh, uh, crazy, positive talk about uh, Ben Riley. Right. Yeah, dude. Is that really? No. <laughs> Or as I call him, a bag of powdered sugar. <laughs> oh, you missed the powdered sugar, man. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And here, the, so the entire reason you wanted, we just went through the entire reason you wanted to hang around for spider history, and now it's over. Oh, wait, we haven't discussed Sensational 8, but anyway. Okay, let's yeah. do, okay. let me pull up Sensational, number... Ooh, yeah, Sensational 8. You missed, you missed Church Turd. Yeah, you missed Church Turd. You'll have to hear that one coming up. Uh, Sensational uh, Spider-Man number eight, written by Todd DeZago, Mike Ringo on pencils. And the cover, let's see what the cover is doing. The looter armed to the teeth, Spider-Man wishing he'd stayed in bed. Do you wish you stayed in bed with this one, JR? Well, you know, Spider-Man. Huh? You didn't like this one. Come on. This one's fun. These have all been crap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we just got through the on, we got through the onslaught stories and realized that there was actually no story being. Every stinking one of these has been a, has been a clunker. Has been terrible. You know, no, I don't a, remember Sensational Eight. Take me through okay, this one. Anyway, anyway Spider Ben is looking for the giant Gila monster from Spectacular Number Two Thirty Seven because in Spectacular <laughs> Two Thirty Seven there's you know. Um, <clears throat> anyway, you know, Peter, you know, came back and he appeared to have died. You know, okay, but really, uh, he, his body was just going comatose or whatever, and his powers were coming back. But anyway, there's this giant Gila monster that attacks uh, that attacks the place, and uh, he then Peter comes to, and he's got his powers back and everything. So anyway, Spider Ben is thinking, hmm, there's been a crime wave going on. 
And it all ties to the Shocker, Ringer, Trapster, and Stilt Man. But, huh, that's funny because each of them has only busted into one thing. These guys usually like to go on a crime spree. And since I'm the smarter Spider-Man, I deduce... <laughs> I uh, I deduce that it really isn't those guys. It is one guy framing all of them. And, of course, because he is the smarter Spider-Man, because he roamed the Earth for five years with David Carradine, uh, he's right, because it turns out that Norton G. Fester, the looter who became the Meteor Man until Robert Townsend did his own superhero movie called The Meteor Man, <laughs> Uh, he became the, he became, way, to, way to reach there back so, to the 80s. Nice. So he became the looter again, stole all those vil- villains' weapons from a government suppository. So, uh, <laughs> which takes us back to the church. Because when you take a suppository <laughs> in church, then you lose the So, <laughs> Look at him bring it around. I, I love think, it. I think JR meant to say depository. No, he, he brought it into church, and he kept church turned. Yep. Anyway, the looter has stolen all this so he can finance some master plan to unlock the mysteries of the universe. Okay, because we all knew the looter was a, a genius, you know. So Anyway, back to Spider-Ben, who returns to the hospital to visit Peter. Because, like we said, Peter had collapsed and appeared to have died, went dormant, spire powers kicked in. Peter's waiting to be released, and they ask, and Mary Jane is there, and they ask Ben whether or not they should do the sonogram to find out whether the baby is a boy or a girl. Oh, wait a minute, that scene didn't happen either, because Mephisto made it all go away, and, and they're in a committed relationship and didn't have sex. Okay, so anyway... Ben, you know, Ben, you know, Ben sees a stack of bugles laying around, and looks through them, and says, "Oh, hey, now I know the whole thing of this whole crime wave going on because look at these old bugles. Whenever they say they talk about some exhibit or some big thing coming into town, two days later it gets hit. That must be it. So if I look through these papers, I'll figure out what what, what's, what place is going to be struck next. So anyway, so he does that, and he finds out that you know it's the looter. Okay, the looter webs him up with his own webbing and explains his nefarious plan to crack." open the twin of the original Meteor, because remember the Meteor Man when he was the looter, he was given the powers of Meteor Man because he got gassed by some Meteor. And so now he's found the twin of the original Meteor and by cracking it open he will discover the mysteries of the universe. Anyway, because you know, Spider-Man's been unconscious for an hour, the webbing dissolves, Spider-Man breaks free, kicks the looter's ass, and the issue ends with Spider-Man seeing sentinels flying through the air, which leads us to Amazing Spider-Man 415, which is where we started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, technically, and, and technically, uh, Sensational actually came out the week before Amazing, so that's why it, that's why it references that. Oh, did it, Brainy Smurf? <laughs> Damn. 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 I'm joking. Damn. Zach's going to turn to a powdered sugar. I know. Zach's already turned into powdered sugar. He did. Hit him in the Tic Tacs. He melted. Uh, Zach's really a clone. Did you not know this? That's why he loves clones. Uh, Uh, Spec spec 238 now? Yeah. Okay, this one's called... uh, Suicidal Tendencies Part 1, Todd DeZago and Sal Buscema. Uh, on the cover, we've got a giant, uh, we've got a picture of uh, Kirk Connors, his son, his wife, and Spider-Ben, and a big old lizard foot crashing a, uh, stepping on a picture frame that has all four of those in it. 
All right. Now, remember, we've talked about we've uh, we talked about two issues of Spider of Spider-Man, which had absolutely no story whatsoever. And yeah. we talked about uh, Spider-Man meeting the looter, uh, which was a totally inconsequential story. Uh, and believe it or not, Spectacular 238 is now the most is the most worthless of them all. Uh, really? Really? Uh, in the remember the pre remember we talked about the giant Gila monster which Spider Man fought in yes. issue two thirty seven. Uh, well, anyway, what happened is you know Kirk Connors was in New York in two thirty seven, but now he's come back to Florida in two thirty eight, and so after he comes back to Florida, then Todd DeZago decides to take a page out of Jerry's Conway book and spends a couple of pages talking about uh, going on an environmental screed, you know, about how the environment is being ruined and Florida is starting to suck just like New York, you know. So anyway, <laughs> then we get an, a two-page summary of the origin of the lizard. Then we get a multi-page story of the origins of this Gila monster who was another lab experiment gone wrong because Connor had, Connor's dim-witted assistant decided to fuse Connor's DNA with the piece of the lizard lizard's tail you know so anyway there should be a purr in there somewhere right when we talk about the lizard ta- lizard's tail anyway um anyway so anyway this created the giant gila monster <laughs> i'm sorry i was too busy uh uh watching uh the chat window yeah no i you know i was i was watching it too because you know i keep waiting for a, a sign to you know start hurrying and hurrying this up so i know around you like you're doing vaudeville yeah. No, Jr. You're doing a good. You, you, know, you got a good pace going. Or, or, or pace. else the music starts playing, you know, with the Oscars or whatever. And uh, <laughs> you know, um, but anyway, so the whole thing is the Gila monster is going from New York down to Florida to he's stalking Doctor Connors. Um, Spider Ben figures this out. Spider Ben decides to go to Florida to save Connors, but by the time he gets there and punches out the Gila monster, Connors has changed into the lizard to be continued, and the story ends next issue and is completely uneventful. Oh man, okay. this, this was an utter waste. That's too bad. Utter waste. Uh, there's a couple more. Any other ones that you want to tackle? Those are the main four. Well, we Anything have else? to hit Spider Man Redemption number one. We don't. Oh. We don't have to. Okay, well, Spider Man. Spider-Man Redemption number one, written by J.M.D. Mateus, Mike Zeck, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, the cover has Kane in the background, all purpley, yeah. and Spider-Ben coming at you into the camera lens, and there's lightning great bolts hit, hitting the back. Another great the, Zeck. The suck image. is strong with this one. From the from the creative team. <laughs> oh, you that have brought no you, idea. From the creative team that brought you Craven's Last Hunt comes Spider-Man Redemption. Yeah, okay. another another because you demanded it, you know, Lost Years story. or Well, no, this isn't a Lost Years story, but this follows up on things that happened during the Lost Years, but we really didn't see them in their own issue. Isn't that right, Zach? Well, it, this was originally, this was supposed to take place in the past, but it, at the last minute, it was changed to take place in present day. That's why uh, the story is. Uh, that's why the tagline on their first issue is "Lost Years Found." <laughs> that was actually the original. That was the original going to be the original name of this mini. Lost Years Found. Sounds like a concept album for some early '80s alternative band. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll also get to the artwork um, once JR is kind of finished too about this bump too. Oh, 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 I got I don't know. He's going to take a while shitting on it. So, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, well, no, actually, I'll give him a perfect segue to talk about the artwork very soon because I had something to say about it it's, right away. 
It's Zack. It can't be that bad. Oh, yes, it can. Uh, oh. Anyway, the story begins Story begins with Kane looking at some dude in a casket. Now, why is Kane looking at some dude in a casket? Because he admits he doesn't know this dude, you know. But it turns out that because this guy is young and died and Kane is wishing for death, Kane wonders how the guy died. You know, gee, did he, you know, did he die of a heart attack or something? Boy, he's dead, and I sure wish I was. Okay. So why does Kane look like a Klingon? And there are Klingons more attractive than Kane looks in this issue. But why does he look like an ugly Klingon? Zach, you're the clone saga expert. Tell us why he looks like an ugly Klingon. In terms of an ugly Klingon, I cannot tell you why he looks that way. Other than other than uh, Zach was referencing the... Uh, no, he wasn't referencing Star Trek. I think he was referencing more of the Hobo Kane uh, version. Well, Klingon-looking guy that uh, showed up in Lost Years. Klingon? Not really. But see, no. but Kane's teeth, too, are so big, they couldn't possibly fit in his jaw as big as they are. I mean, y'all, when you... Y'all Patoks need Kalis. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I, you know, <laughs> he, he does look... It, it's supposed to make him look misshapen and deformed, but... Or, it, or like a Klingon. Uh, Maybe he's just going to a, to a Star Trek convention. Oh. I, I don't know. I, I th- Honestly, there's certain, certain things about the artwork I can't. I can't answer in that regard. Maybe he was a low grade clone. Oh. I'm gonna smack you. I, I, I want to hug Zach at this moment. My God, <laughs> this well, is just basically whole, that... Barry, Barryman and, and Jr. trolling. But this is this has been fun. Yeah. The uh, the, the well, he is thing... a low grade clone. You know why he's a low grade clone? He's a low grade clone. He spends the entire. Four issues complaining about how Miles Warren rejected him because he was defective. You know, because I failed my father, I was defective. So he is a low grade clone because he admits to being a low grade well, clone because that's one of Demetrius's big psychological rumblings that he can't get off of during the whole thing. Hey, 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 Jr. Yeah, if if, if Ben Riley had cloned himself, if Ben Riley had cloned himself. He did. His name's Dark Devil. No, no, no. If Ben Riley had, will you let me finish, Brad? If if Ben Riley had cloned himself, would he be derpy like that one Michael Keaton movie where he cloned himself too much, and then finally that one clone was like, "Hi, Steve," and you know he was really stupid. I forgot what was the name of that movie. Multiplicity. Multiplicity. Yes. And so then, like, Kane could be like the evil, the evil, you know, or the the bad boy biker first clone thing, and then uh, and then I guess Ben Riley's like the like the pansexual like uh, second clone that's always trying to do too much. I really want to shove this microphone stand up. <laughs> uh, the pansexual wow. part. Wow. Well, anyway, we get. Let's get back to you know because this is my segment. <clears throat> I apologize, anyway, Jr. Yeah. Anyway, Spider-Ben is at Harry's tombstone, which is next to Norman's tombstone, because they're both dead. Both Osborns <laughs> are nothing, dead. There's nothing they're, in there. They're definitively dead. We know they're dead because the Jackal checked, because in the Jackal files, the Jackal said he checked, so they have to be dead. Anyway, and then, the story that we've never heard told in any other issue of the Clone Saga. <laughs> ben tells the story of how he was Peter Parker. And the Jackal brainwashed him and sent him into exile for five years where he hung out with David Carradine and went looking for the one-armed man and, you know, and, and prayed that each leap was the leap home, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, and this happened. 
and you know we've so we get that again anyway. So then he goes and he sa- he decides to be a peeping tom, you know, and uh, he he looks at Liz, looks uh, he he goes. Oh and, my god, yeah. that's horrifying. Well, like, you know he is. That? Oh my god, what was that? Did you see that? That no, it was like what was that? Was that moon in the camera? It was like it was like a a, a horrible movie image coming it was to me light. Face pumping. It was, it was oh. like the watcher trying to mate. Uh, <laughs> I you know definitely a face for radio. Oh boy. Oh. Wow. Thanks, Jer. <laughs> anyway, so I, I expect to see it coming up again with a middle finger extended. But anyway, um, so anyway, so Spy- Spider-Ben decides to peep in on Liz Allen, you know, and her son, uh, little Norman, uh, because all this stuff happened over the five years that, you know, he was out hanging with David Carradine, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's wondering, gee, you know, should I like, you know, just kind of walk in and say, oh, you know, because I was the real Peter Parker and I was Harry's friend and I missed all this shit that happened. And now I'm going to take care of you guys and everything. Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> so anyway, the scene shifts into this redhead chick coming into the city on a train, talking about being in exile as well. Uh, but that Ben helped her through something. Ben, and in a strange way, Kane. Okay, this is a setup for something. I don't know what, but it's a setup for something. Anyway, so Kane attacks Ben in his apartment and knocks him out, but doesn't kill him because he wants to send a message. And here's the message he wants to send. I can't kill you now because this is a four-issue miniseries, so you have to make it past the first issue because this is the clone saga under Bob Harris, and we have to stretch all this shit out to an indeterminable length. And J.M.D. Mateus has to do a whole lot more of his deep, deep left-wing, limp-wristed, let's feel for all the criminal psychological bullshit. So that's why I can't kill you now. Anyway. Seems legit. Yeah. yeah. This is actually really is very early on in the uh, Bob Harris administration. So Ben is walking around thinking, man, Kane, you know, seeing Kane makes me think about Janine Goodbody, this redheaded chick I used to bang. So anyway. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, That's what that, happened. That, 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 I want to write fan fiction now about young J.R. and Janine Goodbody <laughs> on those hot Ohio nights. But that is what happens. He's like, oh, gee, Kane makes me think about Janine. Oh, whatever. Anyway, so then Ben Riley walks into a bar, and he sees a rabbi, a priest, and a Baptist minister. Oh, no, wait a minute. What a coincidence. Flash Thompson is there. And what's Flash Thompson doing in a bar? Well, Flash Thompson is doing pretty much what Flash Thompson is doing ever since he got back from the Vietnam in the 70s, feeling sorry for himself. Anyway, so, you know, he doesn't recognize Ben right now because Ben's wearing a baseball hat or something like that. So, And he's blonde. Anyway, so Pete, Flash is going, oh, back in high school, I was the man, and now I'm shit. And Peter Parker, that dude was such a nerd, and now he's banging a redheaded model. And then, so, you know, so he's feeling sorry for himself. So Ben decides to suck it up and say something profound to Flash. Flash. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. (laughs) So then Ben goes back to his apartment, and lo and behold, Janine Goodbody is waiting for him. But Kane is there. Kane is there watching, and he's thinking, oh, man, Peter Parker's banging a redhead. Ben Riley's banging a redhead. Why aren't I banging a redhead? You know, wonder if Jean Grey's busy, or is this one of those times that she's dead? Anyway, so now... (laughs) So now Kane is feeling sorry for himself, and he thinks deep thoughts like this. And this is a quote. I pushed the questions out of my mind, drove the sadness down into the blackness of my soul. (laughs) That is not J.R. making shit up. 
That is literally a quote. I pushed the questions out of my mind, drove the sadness down into the blackness of my soul. So Kane walks into a bar and decides to kick the shit out of a bunch of tough guys. Anyway, we go back to Ben's apartment, and Ben is talking to Janine Goodbody. He says, why are you here? You're dead. She says, I'm not dead, and you wrote a letter asking me to come to New York. You even sent me a key to your apartment. See? Okay, so you would think that would be a plot point they would immediately discuss, right? Well, no. no. Actually, we, then we decide to go into a whole page of quasi-flashback, quasi-what's uh, going on in the present. You know, So rather than really think about who wrote the letter and sent the key, they just say, hey, let's start screwing again. So they do. <laughs> and, and then Janine thinks such profound things of as, another quote, we were like one soul existing in two bodies. I'd breathe in, he'd exhale. This is so romantic. That's, that's, uh, that's physically impossible. Well, that, but it's, it's Demetrius in their heads. See, he's in their heads, and he's, they see these, you know, in their heads, they say all these profound, deep things. They don't have so, to make sense. They just have to be profound and deep. So basically what you're saying is is that you would prefer that J.M. Demetrius stay out of, like, ghostwriting your favorite penthouse forum stories. More or less. <laughs> you don't want your smut written by by J. M. Damontes. No, no, no. I don't want to get to. Th- I don't want people thinking about it. I just want them to do it. You know. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. The romance is entirely dead. Yeah, that's a true story. I was about. Wow. Well, I see, see, Zach's now. You know, he's he's starting to realize it now. See. Well, he's I mean, like, he's like, like, here, honey. Here's your box of wine. Just get to. The- you know, just- here I gave. You know, Zach gave her her kid. She's done with him. You know, she, she, you know, the, the store is only going to reopen once. You know, when she, if she wants to have another kid, that's the only way the store is going to reopen, dude. So yeah, that, that's that's uh, uh, that's actually a buddy of mine, unfortunately. Oh, a, a clone? Well, not, not necessarily a clone. No. Sorry. So anyway, we go back to Ben's apartment. And he says, why? Oh, no, no, wait a minute, no. They leave, okay, anyway, so Janine, Goodbody, and Ben are going to a restaurant. And then they leave the restaurant. And she says, you know, Ben, we really need to start talking about why you think I'm dead. And he says, spill it, bitch. And then all of a sudden. (laughs) Now, point of parliamentary procedure, I don't think he actually said that. Well, I'm paraphrasing. Oh, okay. Kind of like I was doing back when, uh, when uh, you know, when uh, we were talking about Goblin Splooge and uh, you know, since past or whatever, and you questioned me about Mary uh, Peter's dialogue to Mary Jane, and I said I was paraphrasing. Well, I'm I'm paraphrasing here. So okay, my my my, you're you're right, and I'm the asshole for asking. Well, you're the dick nobody likes in the corner. So anyway. So anyway, so after Ben says, after Ben says, spill it, bitch, then all of a sudden, Cain swoops in and grabs her and takes her away. So Ben starts after him, and while he goes after him, Ben goes after Cain, he mentally runs through Janine's history, okay? You know, so we find out that her old man was a perv and abused her, and so she killed him, and so she's been on the run ever since. Even though probably nobody in the world will convict her for, you know, killing an abusive old man, uh, whatever. We will get, actually, that's for the next three parts for us to agonize over. Anyway, so Kane comes back in to kick Riley's ass, and Ben asks where Janine is, and Kane says, men like us can never hold onto love. So we have to hold onto ourself. Oh! <laughs> I knew that no. was coming. Oh. Wow, I'm going to bang it like a bag of sugar. <laughs> it is like it owes me money. 
<laughs> and anyway, so Kane decides to tell Ben. He reveals to him that he lured Janine to New York so that Ben could get laid and be happy, and then Kane was going to take it all away from him. Ben finds Janine, and she appears to be dead. To be continued. And then what... That. But then what follows is largely three issues of psychobabble. Janine ain't dead. It's just a mannequin made to look like her. Cops pick Janine up for the murder of her father because Kane tipped them off to where Janine was. Janine's real name is Elizabeth Tyne, which is significant because in Spider-Girl, she's the mother of Riley Tyne, who was, of course, Dark Devil. We learn that she faked her death because Kane said he'd leave Ben alone if she left Ben. The whole thing is Kane wants to die, wants to take both Riley and Janine with him, and through all the circumstances, Ben convinces Kane to give himself up. Janine gives herself up as well. And everybody is redeemed. Therefore, it's why it's the Lost Years Found Redemption. <laughs> bravo, sir. Bravo. Yeah, that all sounds shitty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see. I didn't remember it being quite as bad as Jr. is describing it, but because you love the clones, but I, I I do like the clones, like, and I do I, I did like uh, Lost Years quite a bit. So, oh yeah, Lost Years I liked a lot too. And I, I, there's some great images. I, I I thought Mike Zek's artwork was really. Uh, outside of Kane looking like a, a deformed Neanderthal Klingon, um, <laughs> yeah, chop. yeah, I, I, uh, I like boom chock, boom chock, bag of sugar. <laughs> now uh, uh, the, the point I was going to make about artwork about this month, this is the last Bagley issue of Amazing. This is also oh, yeah. the last. Sal Buscema issue of Spectacular. So both of these legendary runs come to an end this particular month in terms of artwork. Oh, wow. That was Sal's last issue. Sal that was for like 10 years isn't straight, it, man. Yeah. Isn't that sad that that was uh, Sal's last what issue was, was such a bad lizard story? What was so odd is that it was in the middle of a lizard story. He does the first two parts, and then Luke Ross comes in. Now, Luke Ross did an uh, audition issue, which was issue seven of uh, Sensational, because Sensational was launched with Dan Jurgens. Dan Jurgens basically gets told, hey, we're going to we got to extend the Clone Saga, because Bob Harris, you know, threw a temper tantrum, said, you can't end the Clone Saga when I'm doing my magnum opus, which is Onslaught. Um, so... It looks like Bagley did the cover uh, he, next month he, of he, Amazing. He did do the cover of Amazing. Uh, Ron Garney would come in and do his first Amazing Spider-Man work in these uh, the two ish, the two following issues, the uh, farewell to the Avengers issue, and then the the going off memory on here the Scryer Judas oh, Traveler Revelation. Issue. Uh, <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, All the scryer shit and Norman coming back. To, you know, oh look, Norman's not dead. God, what a it's like punch to the Tic Tacs. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> Jerry a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Any other books you want to happen to Spider Man in the last twenty five years? I I look uh, to you like a son. Uh, oh my, uh, 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 yeah. oh my lord! Any other books this month you want to tackle, Jr.? Uh, not unless you want to talk about Untold Tales of Spider Man thirteen. You can, you can talk about it real quick if you want. Yeah, real quick. Um, yeah. You know, this was a series that was created to tell, talk about the early years of Spider-Man because uh, because we thought we were going to be telling stories about Ben Riley and you know and and therefore we wanted to go back to when Ben Riley was the real Peter Parker and tell all these stories and then oh but anyway so it lasted about twenty five issues it had it had its moments but anyway this 
this is uh, Kurt Busick writing it, Pat Olaf. Uh, Death of Bluebird is has, this. Has movie. it ever been established that this is actually canon? Yes. That yeah, Untold it is. was. When was this? Yeah. It's always. I, I've always. Heard this. I mean, this this pretty much took. Because um, I've always thought of it as like chapter one almost. It it took the it took the story the a lot of the parallel life story, um, uh, the graphic novel and actually adapted it to. Oh, did it? Yeah, the uh, the Mary Jane issue is pretty much it's not a, quite a retelling of Parallel Lives, but it's very similar. Okay. Yeah. The cover has Spider Man at a grave and covering his covering his eyes yeah. with some flowers on it. Yeah. I was going to say as far as the uh, it's really not at all like Chapter One because actually Busiek really very cleverly just kind of wrapped all his stories within the original narrative. So, yeah. you know, whereas Chapter One, well, as he didn't as burned in care, as we'll talk about. <laughs> Next month? I, no, no. I'm, I Wait. meant like I meant like it was in, like like chapter one, as in like like you know you could you could either because I remember like when Paul Jenkins came aboard uh, for PPSM and he asked the editor who was Machio at the time and Machio said yeah you can just ignore chapter one we just pretend it doesn't happen now uh, right. and I always thought that was the case with like Untold Tales like it wasn't you know like canon but if you're telling me it is and I was missing well, I mean, I'm sorry Scorcher actually was uh, who was I think the first Villain initiative. He was, he was in Thunderbolts. He was in Thunderbolts. He was. Uh, yeah. He made appearances outside of, of Untold Tales. Okay. So he's right. actually. It is actually canon. Okay. Yeah, and actually, the head, the uh, the headmaster or whatever his name was, um, yep. the guy who uh, starts using some of the goblin tech early on uh, that Norman creates, he shows up in Thunderbolts later as well. Uh, I en- another I enjoyed, goblin doppelganger. I enjoyed the uh, the Doctor Strange story that they did. No, the strange encounter story. Yeah. Did yeah. Uh, is this the best book of the month? Uh, <laughs> that's not saying much. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, back in the nineties, it, it often was, in my opinion. It may very well have been. This this yeah. is kind of a unremarkable uh, story. Um, basically, Sally Avril, uh, who actually Sal, Sally Avril is famous as being the Sally in Amazing Spider Amazing Fantasy number fifteen, as the girl who refuses to go to the science exhibit with Peter Parker because there are dreamboats like flash around. So, anyway, what Busiek did was actually give her a last name and make her a supporting character in Untold Tales. So, anyway, so she decides she wants to play superhero, and she calls herself Bluebird, which Spider-Man thinks is a damn fool idea, because, you know, she doesn't have any superpowers or anything. So, basically, this issue starts with, the you know, during one fight, he lets her get beat up, so she realizes how serious this all is. Well, she says, well, since I can't be a superhero, I'll be a famous photographer. And on her way to a confrontation between Spider-Man and the Black Knight, um, uh, there's another character created for this. There's a character created for this series called Jason. I don't know what his last name was, but he was a dick. Anyway. Yeah, Jason was a douchebag. Yeah, he uh, he's driving too fast and gets in a car wreck and it kills Sally. And Spider-Man starts blaming himself for her death because, oh, she wouldn't have gotten killed in that wreck if I hadn't tried to convince her to stop bleeding Bluebird. Uh, well, stupid logic, which somebody actually decides to call him on later. Anyway, the Black Knight kidnaps the daughter of some Eastern European uh, 
leader who's in the state. Spidey rescues her, and he's really pissed at the Black Knight using a young girl as a hostage because it reminds him of the whole thing with Sally. So he really kicks the Black Knight's ass, and the Human Torch happens to fly by to stop him from doing something worse. And the Torch says... You know, Spider-Man, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Sally was reckless. She was going to get killed doing something stupid anyway. And then he flies off. And that's the end. All right. Uh, also that came out this month that uh, doesn't really affect Peter Parker, but 2099 World of Tomorrow number one came out. Ugh. That's when the 2099 just went off the rails and they all were on an island because the rest of the world was flooded. That was a really bad issue. Green Goblin 12 uh, wrapped up. That was the... Uh, uh, Phil Urich uh, ongoing. That was there was a one more issue after that. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it went to thirteen. It went to thirteen. Okay. Got it. Uh, Adventures of Spider-Man. That's where uh, Alex Savick. Alex Savick went. Not on that particular issue though. Looks a like. favorite of Brad Douglas. Love Alex Savick. Uh, also, did you read any of the prose books back in the day, Jr.? Well, are we the, talking about prose as P-R-O apostrophe S or P-R-O-S-E? No. And when you're saying... O-S-C, pro, prose as in no pictures, just text. No, I can't read just text. i got to have pictures. Okay. Uh, the Spider-Man the Incredible Hulk Rampage Doomsday Book 1 came out by Danny Fingeroth, and uh, the chapters were illustrated by Stephen Butler. I've got that book. I remember reading that in college. I enjoyed nice. it at the time. Uh, let's see. Stephen Butler... Drew the first appearance of Ben Riley as Scarlet Spider. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks to SpiderFan.org for helping us do these. Uh, Spider-Man Magazine, you remember that one? Vaguely. That was aimed at kids. Yes. Uh, oh my yeah, God! Spider-Man. Yes, I had that. It had like trading cards in the front of it. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Team Up Number Four. That was like. Um, one of those thick books that used to be like Unlimited, Spider-Man Unlimited. Yes, and it that sucks. One, that really one had, bad. yeah, it was bad. Spider-Man uh, and the Avengers teamed up uh, with this one. George Perez wrote it with uh, pencils by Dan Jurgens. I didn't know that. Yes, uh, Dan Jurgens. It was a, f- a Fantastic Four crossover. It's collected, I believe, in uh, uh, Ben Riley Epic Book Three or Four. Uh, according to SpiderFan.org, that gives it one star. So yeah, it was really not that good. Uh, the Venom, the Hunger. What what Venom miniseries was this? Probably uh, when he went to a McDonald's, I think, because he uh, <laughs> must have needed brains. I, I, I think he that was the brains miniseries, honestly. Oh, the cover of that look is an homage to uh, the Mad Dog. Oh, what was it called? The Mad Dog. Mad Story Dog Ward. Mad Dog Ward. This is like Venom and the Mad Dog oh, Ward. Yeah. There you go. All right. Was this a September '96? Jr. Was it a good month for Spider Man? No, it sucked. All right. <laughs> Would you say, Jr., that it sucked because of too much clone crap, or because of too much clone crap? <laughs> Actually, it wasn't clone crap that sucked it. It was uh, the fact that uh, it, uh, it was X Men crap. It was the fact that it was cotton, you know, cotton crossover hell because we had to do the onslaught story. You know. Well, Every- it, it, Every effing title in the Marvel Universe had to deal with Onslaught, and the thing is, you weren't given any clues as to what was really going on. So you had no, you couldn't get invested in the story because you had no idea why they were fighting. So what I'm uh, hearing is that while the Clone Saga was not the direct cause of the suckage, uh, it was a contributing factor. You're doing like a post-mortem of the 90s, George. Well, I, I, okay, and uh, I'm, I'm sure JR. Oh, here comes the enabling part. 
uh, <laughs> and just verify for me because I was dealing with I was dealing with Tillin. Um, did you? I, I'm sure you went through and you explained the whole. Did you explain how the repercussions of the onslaught story occurred and how it Why kind of rep- No, I'm talking about like in terms of how it affected Spider-Man with Dan Jurgens and everything. I alluded to it a minute ago. That's why I'm asking. Because I can explain well, that. I can explain that in a couple. I can spend a minute. I, I explained it as if a newborn reader was approaching the issues and <laughs> looking for a story to tell or a story to read and not finding any because <laughs> because we were never told in these two issues who Onslaught was, right. what he was doing, why he was doing it, why he was a mix between Xavier and Magneto and Prezorn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> we, we have no idea. It just is like, it's like Peter and Bingo, hey, there's Sentinels. Oh my God! They're sentinels, and right. they're sentinels. You know, and that's it. The um, the, the you know, it's funny because at the end of the of the uh, adjectiveless Spider-Man issue, you're they're like uh, see more in Marvel Universe onslaught, and you're like, all right, great. And then you open the book up, and you're like, all right, where's Peter and Ben? And, you know, side by side, got their each got their web shooter. Oh wait, they're on one effing page. That's their appearance in Onslaught. One effing page. So, Man. the uh, give the reverber- reverberations. Uh, Blood Brothers came came out uh, the month before the end of Blood. The end of Blood Brothers came out around this time, and so Blood Brothers was originally. <laughs> stop me if you've heard this before. It was originally supposed to be the end of the Clone Saga. The um, they did the power. Sh- uh, shift from the five editors in chief to the single editor in chief, Bob Harris. Bob Harris comes to uh, Bob Ulinsky and says, "Hey, you can't um, end the Clone Saga right now. We need you to push it back six months." So they pushed it back six months. This caused Dan Jurgens to leave the book because uh, he was the one that originally suggested they needed to bring Peter back into Spider-Man and, and go from there. Um, Mark Bagley left the book because he was tired of, of getting his chain jerked around, and he had been offered the Thunderbolts gig. The um, and I don't really know what happened with Sal, other than Spectacular was the lowest selling book at the time, and so they were trying to make a, a creative shift. So they did that audition basically with Luke Ross, and Luke Ross became the. So you think Sal got fired essentially? Um, Probably. I think he. I think he just they wanted to go in a different direction. I think yeah, more or less yeah. got fired. That's too bad, my pal Sam. All right, let's uh, on that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was epic. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was an epic run. And it, it, and I think the <laughs> the pencils by uh, Bill, son of a bitch, inks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> inks. The inks. I'm sorry, the inks on Sal's just did not mesh, and, and I think that kind of pushed him towards the door. Well, those of you that have read the Clone Saga via the Clone Saga trades, it's just it completely and utterly jarring. It's like you're reading along, you're like, yeah. oh, this pretty artwork, and then all of a sudden, oh, holy crap. <laughs>